Episode 12 starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri lead learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Renee Hawkins, elementary principal in Smithville, Missouri. And I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, elementary assistant principal at Maple Elementary in Smithville, Missouri. And this week's guest is an elementary principal who has co-authored not only a book, but a movement in the pirate nation. Her hashtag, lead, lead LAP, lead like a pirate, has taken the education world by storm and has inspired educators to take action. From presenting to dressing up in fairy wings, Beth leads by example with empowering challenges to build culture among students and staff. Beth is truly leading like a pirate. We're very excited to dive into our inner pirate today on the ShareMo EDU podcast. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, Beth, help us to get to know you and just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, as you said, my name is Beth Huff. I'm the very proud principal of Fulton Middle School in uh, Fulton, Missouri. Uh, this is my third year here at Fulton Middle School. And previous to that, I was at McIntyre Elementary here in Fulton for seven years. Very um, proud to have two sons myself. My oldest, Paul, is 14. I've been his principal for nine years. Dawson <laughs> is seven. And so, yeah, Paul will be moving on to high school next year. He's very excited about that. So um, it kind of goes in with my why is I'm, I'm really big about, I want to have schools, you know, I want to help create schools where I'm proud to send my own children. And uh, definitely Paul has been, been with me for longer than he cares to be, I think at this point. But, and then Dawson is at the elementary school that I was at before I was here. Um, been married for a long time, I feel like. I don't even remember the amount of years anymore. I think that's what, <laughs> luckily we were married in 2001. One, so I can remember that pretty easily. So getting ready to be even more years. Um, my husband works in conservation, and so he's always been been great into the schools as well. Um, I love middle school. That's something that I never thought I would like, and um, had the opportunity to move up from elementary into middle school, and I love it. Um, I feel like middle school gets a bad rap, and that's the time in life where a lot of kids really struggle. So I see. A great opportunity of being able to really be a life changer in those middle years. Um, I love our kids. I love their energy, um, even when they're quirky. Uh, I think a lot of it because I'm that way too. So I think that when their principal's crazier than them, that's kind of a that's kind of a good thing. So so that's a little bit. I had the opportunity to meet um, Shelly. Actually, I met Shelly through Dave when we're talking lead like a pirate, and I was introduced. It's an interesting story. I tell about it in the book, but I was at the National Elementary Principal Conference in 2014 at a really tough part of my career. I was at that point where I was just kind of burnt out from the standardization and the testing generation that we kind of, that's all I knew as a principal and had kind of lost my way and lost my why. And so I went to principal conference with a great colleague that I work with here in Fulton. And I'm a person who is a PD junkie. I mean, if it's offered in our state, I'm at it. And But I just lost that spark. And at the conference, I had the chance. To, it was in Nashville, so I always say I knew that if anything else, I was going to have fun in Nashville. So um, at the conference, I met uh, one of my dearest friends now, Jay Billy. He's an elementary principal in New Jersey. And Jay said, hey, are you on Twitter? And I said, oh, I've got a Twitter account, but I'm really not very active. To me, it was an extension of Facebook. And I like Facebook to keep up with folks, to make sure my in-laws know that their grandchildren are alive, but <laughs> it almost became an obligation. I didn't care about celebrities and what they were doing. And he, he took my phone at that moment and he said, you're not following the right people. And so at that point, he found all of these folks that I, that I respect so much in our field. And he's like, here, you get to pick, it's 24 seven PD. 
you know, Todd Whitaker is tweeting every day something that you can learn from and all of these other authors that I admire so much were on there. And then um, he said, have you ever heard of Dave Burgess? And I said, you know, no, I haven't. And he said, um, let's teach like a pirate. And so I was like, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> like, I like the sound of that. I'm not sure um, exactly. At that point, I was a little bit skeptical because like I said, I was at kind of a crossroads in my career. And he said, hey, he's doing a live Skype tomorrow from, from the exhibition hall. Um, or exhibit hall, not an exhibition, but that is kind of Dave. <laughs> he is quite the exhibition. So, um, and so I, he said, you know, I said, well, I'll check it out. There's so much teach like a anymore. And I feel like so many educators were just it's like teach like your hair's on fire and teach like a champion and teach like a rock star. And I didn't know if this is just one more fad that was going to come and go quickly. And what I did that evening when I got home was I, I Googled teach like a pirate and I actually found Shelly. And she had written a blog about how to lead like a pirate. And so through that blog, I decided to go watch Dave. And then I see this larger than life person talking about how you need to be passionate and enthusiastic. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's how, why am I not doing that as a leader? Why am I taking myself so seriously as a leader when I used to teach like a pirate before I even knew what it was? And I think for, that was one of those moments. It truly was life-changing for me, that conference. And to be a connected educator, it saved me. It saved my career, really. And it, it really changed my life. And so I um, had the chance to meet Dave later that fall. And I said, hey, when are you when's the lead like a pirate book coming out? Come on now. And he goes, you know, I get that. I get asked that a lot. Well, later in that uh, probably December, I met Dave in October, December. I realized Shelly led a chat. It was that chat West Coast. I got to know Shelly. And then Within a year, I had asked about doing some workshops. I said, hey, you, you should think about doing some Lead Like a Pirate workshops. And, and then Shelly's like, hey, why don't we write this book together? I never met her in person. Um, really, that's where Lead Like a Pirate started. And so we really just said, hey, let's, we started, opened up a Google uh, Doc and just started writing the book. And, and really, we, we started presenting together. AMLE was our first conference that we presented at. And through presenting, we really, the book, the book kind of came to life. And then 18 months later, we released it. And, and really the, the point of us writing was to offer that support that so many administrators don't have. So, um, so yeah, so that's a long answer to a short question, <laughs> but hopefully you have, you, you know a little bit more about me through that. Cool. Have that yeah. Yeah. Adding, Adding team, team is actually done a study Yes. With lead like a pirate. And I would have to say, Eric and I follow you closely on Twitter too, and love the ideas, love what you're sharing, and try and copy things here. Awesome, yeah. But I, love, I love seeing what you guys do. I mean, it, again, it's all about the kids. And I know sometimes um, we write about this, and I have a new assistant principal this year, and she's awesome, and she's always willing to try anything at least once. So I always say though, you know, when you when you step outside of the box, you make yourself more vulnerable for critics. And so for me, I'm at a point now where if it's helping kids, if it's helping adults, I may look like an idiot sometimes, you know, from being a tweet fairy where I go recognize teachers for, for sharing the awesome. But as long as it's helping, then I, I've learned to, to block out the haters is kind of the, the way the kids and I say it. So, I mean, that's really what it's about. And you have to rewrite about in the book, destructive versus constructive criticism, because you can't just be in an echo chamber hearing your own thing. You need to, like, I need people to keep me grounded and, and everyone does, but there's a huge difference between people that, that truly are destructive and people that are constructive. And a lot of leaders, a lot of teachers 
are in those destructive environments. And it's our job to say, hey, no, that's one thing that's great about a PLN too, is you can, no matter who you may work with within your building or your district, you have, there's so many positive people on Twitter that, that can keep you going through those rough times or Voxer or however, you know, your state organizations, things like that as well. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, we've mentioned your mantra and hashtag for education. What do these words mean to you and how do you best honor these words? My mission and my mantra, is that what you're talking about? Or were you yes. going to give me some more? Oh, I, thought, I thought you were giving me some more words that I was no. I thought it was like a trick question. So so when you talk about, um, well, my hat, like Lee Like a Pirate to me is kind of stands for everything that we do. You know, Shelly, when Shelly and I share, we always talk about we want to create schools where our students and our staff and our families are running to get in and not out. And so for me, it's about breaking down um, the fortress feel of schools at times. And it should never feel uncomfortable for a parent to want to call and talk to you. You've got to make sure. And I know with, with the amounts of um, precautions we put in for school safety, we still have to figure out how are we giving a voice to, to the face of a principal? You know, my mom, I don't think growing up, my mom maybe ever met the principal. Like she maybe saw memos and things like that. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to be a principal that the kids remember. My husband said to me one time, I don't even think my principal, like you shake their hands, you give them hugs, you give them high fives. He's like, I don't think my principal ever looked at me. I don't even remember my principal's name from elementary school. And I was like, no, 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 no. When I went to the classroom, when I wanted to be a teacher, I didn't want to be that teacher everyone forgot. I didn't want to be that one. When you think back of teachers that you remember, typically you remember the ones that like were in it because they wanted you to be so successful or you remember the really mean ones. And so like, I didn't want to be the mean or forgotten one. I wanted to, I wanted the kids to know how much I care about them. Cause when I'm the amount of hours and time that we put into our, to our, our calling, our profession, like I think about, I'm with other people's kids more than my own sometimes. And I want them to know, you know, how important they are. And so for me, that's kind of where that's all wrapped into is being that leader like no other, making sure that your kids, your staff, your families know that you care about them. And luckily where I am, most of my kids that I have here, I've been their principal for more than three years. You know, most of them came up with me. So I have those deep bonds with their families and they know I care about them. And um, I think that's, that's really to me what it means about being a pirate is it's so much more than, it's so much more than punching a clock. It's so much more than, um, than a job. It's, it's so much, it's not work, you know, it's, it's really a calling. It's really like, we get to do this. And that's, to me, I don't, I don't just want to be the person that you go to because you're in trouble or the person that you go to when there's a problem, you know, it's, it's bigger than that for me. So, so hopefully that answered your question now that I actually understood the question. Sorry. <laughs> I probably didn't ask it well. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, share a message from your book um, that causes listeners to take action. And I know you've <laughs> already provided a lot of things that would uh, call me to action, but what's what's one takeaway that you really want people to gather from your book? Well, I think um, I have a couple. I think the biggest thing, which I think is kind of the common thread between Teach Like a Pirate and Lead Like a Pirate, is it's all about passion and enthusiasm. All the letters are obviously important, but you cannot fake passion. And making sure that um, you, what you're passionate about, that you make sure that you make time to do that, whether or not you're in the classroom, whether or not you're in the, a leadership position, or if you're leading without a title, whatever it is, make sure that you're you're really, you know, you can't fake passion. Enthusiasm, though, you can fake. I mean, there are, you know, I'm sure when I'm off of spring break, my first day back after sleeping in a little bit, I'm going to have to fake that enthusiasm. But again, 
taking time to to be enthusiastic and that doesn't always mean my enthusiasm may look differently than yours and i think that's one thing i always tell people you pirate in your own way you don't have to be allowed like if you look at dave and shelly and myself and the other authors we're all different i'm not nearly as enthusiastic as dave or off the chains as dave can be when he speaks but it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be just like that. Find your way. You all, you can, you can know when a pirate, you're with a pirate leader or a pirate teacher because they're in, they're immersed in what they're doing. There's such that strong relationship there and they're passionate, enthusiastic. I think the other thing, which I know you only asked one, but pirates break rules. The other <laughs> thing really is about leadership to me is that, you know, we, we really share in the book and, and everything kind of goes from that in the book is that when we talk about what's doing, what, what we can do to be what's best for kids is that as a leader, I can never lose sight that the way that I can do what's best for kids is supporting the adults in our building. For me to think that every single day, the 550 kids that walk the halls, I can affect every single one of those in a powerful way. Yes, I can. And indirectly I can. But if I am taking care of their teachers, if I'm taking care of all the adults in this building and inspiring and motivating the adults, the adults in turn have so much of a higher impact on kids. So I think sometimes we as leaders have to remember that, making sure we take care of the adults in the building so that they can take care of our kids. And then there you go. So I could probably go on and on. So that's, it's good that you've limited me there. I'm going to use that. Pirates break rules. There you go. They do. It's hard. It's hard. I always give my superintendent props because I, I always tell people, you know, it is so hard to be like the boss of a pirate principal. Like I feel, I feel bad for him because I know I'm always keeping him on his toes. And sometimes he's like, Beth, just calm down. So <laughs> he keeps me grounded too. Okay, Beth, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by... All right. Well, one thing that's going well for me, um, it's it's neat. I, I, I work in a building where we've really been transfer, transforming our school culture, our, um, you know, just our data pieces. And so one thing that I feel really comfortable about is, I don't know that comfortable is the right word. I don't feel comfortable about much, but we, we're moving in the right direction. We've made a lot of steps to improve our school. And so for me, that is definitely something that I that I feel good about. It's neat because the educators, you know, we kind of had a rough, um, this is my third year, but three, four, five years ago, it's, it's, it was not a not um, easy road here. And so for the educators in the building, for the parents and for the um, students to see the growth and what their hard work that they put into has has been, a, we've had benefits from that. I think that's that's been a really good thing. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest thing that's that's going super well right now. Okay. And when, when way you want to grow? Oh man, I, I think for me, I just, I want to keep learning every day. I don't want to get, I don't want to get stale. I don't want to, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be the expert at everything because I have two boys that pretty much think they're the experts at everything. So they'll keep me in line. But like, I feel like, um, I just want to keep learning and keep, you know, keep growing in my role and continue to build leaders around me. Um, I think sometimes I, I, we we lose sight of that as leaders as well. Is it's I'm I'm only a better leader when I have empowered leadership and all those around me. When I say all of those, I mean our kids too. I want our kids to be leaders because then I mean they they feel empowered. And then um, one of the quotes that that's in the book that I share quite often is it's hard. You don't tear down systems; you help build. So when our kids are building, they have way more ownership in what's going on around them. So so those are probably continue goals. 
Okay. What three words would you use to describe the person who has made the greatest impact on your life? And why do those words come to mind? Okay. Wow. All right. That's a good question. So probably the three biggest words I would say, first of all, loving. And then second, um, risk taker. And then that's, uh, that's got a dash in there. So we're okay there. That's still true. <laughs> and then um, I think just like hardworking. And I'm, I'm thinking about one of my grandmothers and she, and really both of them, because they both, uh, my, my parents were super young whenever they brought me into the world and, and they were, they were amazing parents for being 15 years old when they, when they had me. But my grandmothers were my, were my rock and they both were very independent women for their for as they came up into the world and i think for me it just they helped me understand there's no boundaries and even though you might have um you know I, i'm not i always tell people when i when i share my story i'm not supposed to be here and if i would have followed the status quo of what, the way life was at that point i don't know that I, I would even have graduated high school but because of those strong ladies and because of my parents never giving up you know, I'm here. And I think for me, it's all about how do I, how do I bring that out in others, the underdog that maybe isn't supposed to make it in education? How can I make sure that they have support systems so that they can be successful as well? I love that you use your story, you know, to spread triumph, a story of triumph. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what's been a game changing moment for you in the field of education? Wow. Um, Let's see. I think probably my biggest game changer personally was the conference in Nashville. And I go back to that because it truly was at such a crossroads. Um, I was ready to do one more year because I signed my contract and then get out of the education field. Um, just because I was, you know, you, you just, I was the only person on my campus doing what I did. And I didn't feel a connection. I didn't feel like I was making a difference. And really, when I when I met Jay Billy at that conference, and he he just he he made it so simple too. But then even better is when I came back, he said, "Okay, now it's time for you to try chat." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know." And of course, my <laughs> mental model of a chat is not like is not the kind of Twitter chats like we. I'm thinking of like the chat room kind of creepy chat. And so but he said, "He's like, hey, here." Uh, call me on the phone. I'm going to walk you through it. So I'll never forget that for, and I think TLAP was actually the first chat I had done. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what he's like. No, you got to put a hashtag. And then it, it was so, if, I wish I would have recorded the conversation, but that's that moment, you know, going through a chat, learning with other people. It was, it was just like no other thing I had ever done. And, but to know that that support that I felt when I met Jay in Nashville continued. And then, you know, I met this other person and this other person and this other person. And that, to me, that's the power of a PLN and the power of being a connected educator. It, it changed my life. And I know sometimes people think, oh, Twitter or, oh, Facebook or oh, whatever, whatever it is. But it's like whatever way that helps you get connected. You know, there's a great Facebook page that Melinda Miller and Amber Tiemann do on staff motivation and and. Like that, I know I kind of had given up on Facebook until that group came about. And I was like, yes, I'm learning all kinds of things through that. So even though it might not be something that's your favorite, there's ways that that really can be life changing, not only to yourself, but to your staff. Like I've learned I've, there's so many ideas I've taken back from that to my building that have made a difference to to our adults and the children in our building. So. Awesome. 
Okay, if your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Love it. How do you uh, promote self-care? Well, I'm not really good at that. I'm just going to be <laughs> honest with you. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, like, before moving to, to middle school, I did a really good job with this. I ran every morning, and a lot of times I would, at least two or three nights a week, I would do a class at our YMCA. Um, so that is definitely one of my biggest goals. I try to promote it deeply within our staff. Um, we have after school, like fitness clubs and things like that, that we have other teachers that have, have started. Um, but that is definitely something I have to do a better job with. It's just right now I'm at that point where I have two youngish kiddos. And a lot of times what I do is as soon as I get done here, I want to make sure I'm with them or in their sport. They have sports now that are pretty much. And then in the, in the fall and winter, we have, I have supervision almost every night. So for me, it's about, you know, like I have to quit making excuses and just do it, but you do need that a little bit of time. And I think for me, it, it's, it's exercise. Like I need that exercise because it does, it clears my mind. It gets me on track, but um, there's other ways of finding that balance. And I think for me, sometimes it's, it's that in the morning I get up at five 30 and from five 30 to six, I drink a cup of coffee and I'm not burning calories. <laughs> you know, I'm not, but I'm, I, but I, Serious, I have to have that time to myself. I can't speak to anyone for like 30 minutes. And to me, that kind of centers me for the day, unless we're like 10 subs short and then I freak out. But <laughs> I mean, you know, so, so that's I kind mean, of, I mean, know. you know how it goes. You know how that is. That's like the best yes. part of spring break. I'm like, hallelujah. I did not have to check ASAP this morning to see how many. <laughs> But yeah, that's so I think that I think sometimes leaders get overwhelmed quickly at, oh, my gosh, you have to run. Everybody's running a mile or everybody's running a marathon. And no, I mean, find what you need and, and make sure you take care of yourself. I think that's that's the biggest advice I would have there. OK, well, this month we are promoting hashtag audacious April. What is one way you can take a bold risk in April? All right, April. Well, of course, April to me means map testing. So I'm not going to take a whole lot of risks there. That's our state test. Um, I always try to opt out every year, but they keep telling me I have to give it. So um, I think for April, April is um, is the month of, you know, I think it's probably the, one of the hardest months in our state for so many educators because most of our schools are done in May. So this is the month where we, we know it's the last full month. Um, audacious. I'm already like I'm audacious most every month too. So I don't know how, like, I don't, I think they might commit me if I get too crazy, much crazier. I think for me really, it's about how can I, um, those, the super stressful days, first day of map testing. Um, our kids are kind of over it. Like they're not too stressed out, but the teachers are pretty stressed. So figuring out how I can make sure during state testing to keep lifting up those, um, the, those around and then just finding weird ways of celebrating. I know there are a couple element or, I think they're high school principals in Massachusetts that they have um, little signs they make in the morning that just that they pose with the kids that, that say, you know, it's a great it's a great day today. You make it better or something like that. But just positive affirmations to help kids remember. I know that our, um, our one of our leadership groups in school too have a whole week long celebration before testing just to get kids in the right frame of mind too of that. Hey, you're smart. Just show it. You got this. That's great. Cool. Okay, we've come to the moment in this interview where it's time to share your fast five. We're going to fire five questions at you and we want you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. Oh my goodness, wait just a second, let me put my filter on. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, 
<sighs> Renee, fire away. Question one. What is the best trait a friend can possess? Humor. If you could have dessert for breakfast, what would you eat? Cheesecake. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm, I'm living it right now. I love it. Love it, love it. If you could trade places with anyone for a day, who would it be? Hmm. Beyonce. <laughs> yes. Book or Kindle? Book. All right. You did it. Fast Five's over. Yeah. Beth, thank you so much. It's so cool to talk to you. Great to talk um, to you guys. Honored yeah. to be part of this. What a great movement. Yeah. Well, thank you. Do you have any closing statements or, uh, you know, pages that you want to share? <laughs> they are going to... I'm not very good statements you want to share with us. I might not want to open me up to talk any longer. Uh, that is one thing that I'm good at is just continuing. So, no, I just, I just appreciate everyone that's listening to this and everyone that's doing what they do for kids. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it's, it's hard to remember that you're changing lives and you may not see it right now. Um, as a middle school educator, definitely they're not always thanking me every day for changing their lives, but they come back and just never forget the impact that you're having. And I really appreciate what the two of you are doing to not only spotlight our state because you know sometimes people don't even know what Missouri is they know it's flyover but there's a lot of awesome things happening here in our state and thank you guys for amplifying that thank you thank you great to have you on we appreciate it thank you so much take care you too tune in next week to learn more as we share, share edu have a good one bye bye guys